0: Welcome to the Ultimate Bowls Podcast, brought to you by Henselite, choice of champions, Ryman Healthcare, pioneering a new way to live for a new retirement generation. Sports Centre, Australian owned, Australian made apparels and merchandise for sporting clubs, schools, corporates and events. Now here's your host, CEO of the UBC, Mark Casey. Welcome to another episode of the Ultimate Bowls podcast. My name is Mark Casey and I'm the CEO of the UBC. Thanks for tuning in once again. Last week, we were lucky enough to hear from one of the country's best players, Aaron Sheriff. The champion talked about his incredible career so far, his love for the green and gold, and also spoke about the chances of his team, Exodus, in the Ultimate Bowls week in December later this year. It was a fantastic interview, so if you missed it, I recommend you go back and tune in. All episodes of the Ultimate Bowls podcast are available online. Today we talk to one of the greatest ever players to come out of New Zealand, the one and only Gary Lawson. Welcome on the show Gaz, it's great to have you as our first New Zealander on the podcast. Oh,
1: cheers for the invite uh, Case nice to be here, hope uh, you and the family are well and uh, things are
0: slowly getting back to normal over, over the ditch there in Australia. Thanks mate, all going well for us here in Canberra so far so that's fantastic. Uh, Mate, I must say a massive well done on your recent efforts with raising awareness for PSTD and mental health. Very important uh, issues and very important area that we all need to uh, keep spreading the word. Um, You did extremely well doing 25 push ups for 25 days. Impressive work. Tell us how you went. Oh, I was challenged by my good old mate Calvin
1: Fair uh, He was on day two I think and, uh, So yeah, I actually quite enjoyed it And um, I thought it, it was pretty impressive The way the number of bowlers actually That uh, grabbed hold of it and actually took part And it was sort of like got, got a little bit of the boredom Them out of the way And um, an old ex all black over here Shane Fortpott, a mate of mine I used to play against Years ago um, He sort of challenged me to do an extra one a day So got a little bit tough to be fair In the late 40s but I managed to get
0: there in the end So no it was, it was all good fun yeah, fantastic work, mate. Well done. It's a very important message, and, and you guys have done brilliantly getting out out and about the bowls community, that's for sure. Guys, tell our listeners how everything is going in New Zealand um, in terms of your restrictions. I know they're starting to ease, um, but you know, but how are you and how is everyone going over there? Well, we're into uh, level two. Um, we've only got one case of uh, the
1: virus left in the, in the country, so we really should be in level one. Um, and the only restriction then would be the borders still being shut but you know it's hard to criticize the government for what they've done In the case of them you know we've got it down pretty quickly and um you know when you look at some of the, the drama and the tragedy that's happening around the world you know it'd be fair to say that uh, new zealand's done a pretty good job and so at level two okay um but level one would be great
0: mate over the next 10 or 15 minutes i'd like to have a chat about your career it's certainly been entertaining and highly successful but also somewhat controversial which is something our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about
1: <laughs> yeah, I've been interesting, fun times. You know, I suppose. uh when you you know been playing for over thirty years, you know you're going to have some ups and downs, and um, you know I've had had a few of them. So uh, you know, try not to look too much into the past, but um, you know it's it's, it's always there's a, always a story to tell. So uh yeah, happy to <laughs> happy to answer some of your questions, mate.
0: Gaz, you've been an incredible representative for New Zealand for so long. You know, I've been lucky enough to, to have many battles with you on the green, and I, I rate you as one of the toughest competitors I've ever faced. So, and I love the way you go about it. It's like you've got white line fever, to be honest. Uh, tell our listeners, when you first represented New Zealand and how many caps you're up to now? Yeah, we've had some awesome battles over the over the years, Case, and uh, you know I've enjoyed
1: every single one of them. Um, first played for New Zealand in 1989, uh, Asia-Pacific Championships in Fiji, um, didn't go particularly well. you ended up with a bronze in the uh, in the triples with uh, Morris Simes and Jim Scott, but it was a good learning curve. And um, yeah, probably a tough place to make a debut. You know, the greens pretty sandy and whatever. But um, and currently sitting on three hundred and nineteen caps for New Zealand, so hopefully uh, can can get a few more. And you know, uh, it was a bit of a shame with the world champs being keen, but uh, hopefully we can we can add to that uh, in the next twelve months.
0: Gaz, you're known to be a fierce competitor. Uh, particularly at an international level, uh, w- wanting to do anything you can to, to get the win for your country. Your determination and toughness on the green, you know, what do you put that down to?
1: oh gee I've been like that in every sport I've played case you know played tennis rugby as soon as I got onto the onto the court or onto the field uh, it was like w- war for me and uh, <laughs> I guess a little bit in bowls I watched the great Morgan Moffat for, for when I was a real young player and I was just inspired by the fact that he couldn't go out and play a club game without playing it like it was a world championship and I've always thought well what a way to play and I've always tried to be like that when you train do the same thing and um, I've seen so many people lose to players they shouldn't have because they haven't probably given them respect at the start of the game. So I try to play every game as if you're playing against an Alex Marshall or Peter Bellis, Ryan Brassy, you know, someone who – because at the end of the day, if you don't give people respect at the start of the game, they can come back and bite you in the ass. And so I've always tried to feel like, you know, get out there and – Look, I, you know every now and again, we all get a bit grumpy when, we, when things don't go quite right. But I'm always a great believer that once I get into the clubhouse, um, the game's over and I've forgotten about it and we just move on
0: to, to what's happening next. Definitely some great advice there, mate, for any up-and-coming uh, young players out there. Mate, you've, you've had some sensational New Zealand teammates over the years. Can you name your top five of all time? Oh, that's a tough question. I'm
1: um, probably going to get myself in trouble here. Played with a lot of great players, and as soon as they put the black shirt on, pretty much become the family, and uh, we all go to war together. But um, I, I'd have to put in Peter Ballas and Ryan Brassy for a start, um, two of the greats of all time, and then obviously winning the pairs with Russell Meyer in 2008 World Champs. He was sensational, and you know, we backed it up a week later. Um, you know, Ellie, and, Ellie Forsyth and then Shannon McCroy have been obviously the backbone of the team for the last 10, 10 12 years since I've been out of it. But, like, they've been sensational to play with. So, um, as I say, tough question. I've probably missed out a few there. Kearney's probably kicked me, un- kicked me in the
0: ass when I see him. But anyway, that's probably where it is at the moment, champ. Yes, I'm sure Kearney can count himself a little bit unlucky there. But to be honest, how can you go past the five players you mentioned? Um, you know, Peter Ballas and Ron Brassie, arguably, you know, one of the greatest pairs of all time. And the other three players—Russell Meyer, Shannon McElroy, and Ellie Forsyth—you know, just brilliant representatives in their own right. So, yes, Kearney's a little bit unlucky, but uh, maybe we can we can add in Kearney and yourself to, uh, and make it a top seven, mate. You've you've had a, a lengthy period out of the New Zealand team. Can you talk to us about what actually happened?
1: Well, contrary to what most people believe, you know, I was never really suspended from the New Zealand team. Um, we had a bit of drama with uh, bowls New Zealand. I went to the sports uh, commission, and we had big meetings. And basically, I we came up with a deal that if I made myself unavailable for the Indian Commonwealth Games, all the other guys that were involved in that in that four um, could be selected for New Zealand to play at India. And that's exactly what happened. Well, I think McElroy was the only one that survived. Um, so after that, pretty much low key and and didn't play a lot over the next three or four years and um still popped into the nas- the odd national tournament but mainly concentrated on work and then we had the earthquakes in Christchurch so had a building company and and we got into um doing a lot of repairs and uh, then we set up an asbestos company so so really really busy over that period so. Um, Curtin, well, Andy Curtin often says to me, you know, like the times where you get the sack from the New Zealand team, that's when you actually end up doing better financially and, and work wise, so you can get a chance to actually. Concentrate on your business, um, rather than your bowling career. So you know, there's always a little bit of a silver lining when you get the get the chop from the New Zealand team, because obviously not a lot of money and in, and in being in the team. And so always used that to my advantage and gone away and, and, and looked at other things. So look, it was it was it was a great. It wasn't a bad time for me. It wasn't something I dwelled on for long. Um, I was out of the team and I knew that until, um, Kerry Clark and was gone, I was never going to get back in the team. So pretty much got over that pretty quickly.
0: Sorry, mate, I've got to dig a little deeper. Tell us the details about what caused that time out of the team. Um, I know it's controversial and, you know, there there was a lot of stories going around. So if you can share it with us, it'd be fantastic. And I'm sure our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I knew you were going to ask me that case. Look, at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, the only thing that um, I, I was guilty of that day was trying to put New Zealand in a better position to win a medal. Um, you know, we, we we're always told that and you know it's still happening today is that your funding is is about medals. So, you know, we were trying to avoid Australia. Um, there was no there was no match fixing. It was one poor end and I called that. And do I regret it? Yep. Um, absolutely. It's changed it changed what happened in my life for ten years. But that was okay. You know, like sometimes good things come out of that. It was probably more a tragedy that uh, Shane Sincock never played for New Zealand again. Um, perhaps he shouldn't have been there. It was the wrong place for him to make his, his debut. He should have been playing in New Zealand, Australia. Jamie Hill, you know, basically had a ten year sabbatical. Um, and, you know, it was blown way out of proportion. And the you know, the, the, the CEO at the time, he had it you know, he had it in for me and, and you know, let's be fair, if it hadn't have been Malaysia, he would have found some, some other way to get rid of me, I'm sure. Um, but, you know, were, you know it's something that uh, it comes up all the time. And, you know, it's, it's a shame because I think there's been far worse things happening in the game um, with very little consequence. And, you know, the team that complained the most about it, um, Canada, you know, short memory because it was 12 months earlier at the World Championships, And one of their teams definitely threw a game, the last game of section play, to uh, manipulate who they played in the quarterfinal. And it seems that they had very, very little uh, memory and, well, selective memory, if you you ask me. And at the end of the day, I think that it's one of those things where, you know, you've got to control your own destiny. And if you control your own destiny and you win enough games to, to put yourself in a position to decide who you play, is it the system's fault, is it the player's fault, or is it the game's fault? And it's a question that a lot of people need to ask themselves, especially the people that were throwing knives and, and daggers back there in 2008. Um, 2009, sorry. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's happened. We move on. And, uh, you know, hopefully, we'll, never get, well, it will never happen again to me anyway. So, you know, in the short of it, um, guilty of, as I say, guilty of trying to put New Zealand in the best position to win a medal.
0: Thanks for sharing this, mate. I know it's not easy on you and it can be tough talking about it. I'm sure many of our listeners have heard stories uh, but don't know the actual details of what went down, so it's important to to get the message out there. Having spent so long away from the New Zealand team, what made you think you'd like it to have another crack as a blackjack?
1: Oh, I just sort of um, knew that when uh, Kerry um, was resigned as the CEO, um, that uh, there was going to be slight, a little bit of hope there for me. Um, Mark Cameron, the new CEO, he came, came on board and we had a chat. And look, I was still felt that I was playing OK and um, took a bit of a punt and went to the national champs with Ali Forsyth and uh, Shannon McElroy and thought, well, look, if I can win with those guys, it's going to put me back in in the spotlight with the selectors and um you know we went away and and uh, ellie and i won the new zealand pairs and we won the new zealand fours together with uh with justin goodwin so um, I kind of, you know, just hung in there for a couple of couple of years. I was disappointed to miss out on the Commonwealth Games in, in 2018. But, you know, I got over that, gave PB a bit of grief, which he reminds me of quite often. He was the selector at the time. and um, But, you know, at the end of the day, it was uh, there was light at the end of the tunnel. And so once that happened, you know, got, got
0: back into it and, and just started training a little bit harder. You mentioned PB, the, the great Peter Ballas, a man who I respect so much. Um, with Pete as coach... And you back in the team? It seems New Zealand are in for a really successful period.
1: Oh look, PB—he's he, got so much to offer as far as experience and his, his records, second to none. Um, especially in New Zealand, um, look—we've got a lot of experience in the New Zealand team, and we've got some up-and-coming, young up-and-comers coming through. Um, but look, I don't think the way the world is now, especially with the World Champs being delayed, that there's much chance of saying you're rebuilding. We've just got to keep going the way we are. We don't have the, the depth that um, Australia and some of the other countries have in the world, but what we do have at the top level, I think, is, is really competitive. And, um, you know, I think it's about... Uh, just getting our culture 100%, and, and I think that we've like, made really good um, inroads in, into that in the last 12 months. The team's getting on really well, and, and look, we, we've just got to train hard and, and play hard, and, and, and you know, hopefully um, the results will come, come at the end of that.
0: Absolutely, mate. You have the World Championships coming up in 2021. Uh, you seem to thrive in competitions like this.
1: Oh, case okay, so it's the pinnacle of our sport. You know the Commonwealth Games are obviously something that people thrive for, but I think to be the world champion in any sport is the ultimate goal, and um, having experienced that you know since 2008 going to a world championship and obviously we had great moments there missed out on a couple of great opportunities obviously and um, you know the in the in the next two but um, you know I've been to, being to three um, and you know being successful in in the previous two as well as far as getting medals we've I've only missed out on a medal in one event and that was with uh, Ryan Brasey in, in 96 and we were bloody a bit stiff there too which still gives me a bit of a nightmare every now and again Um I just think it's you're up against the best players in the world. Every country wants to wants to to be at their best at that time, and and I just think that uh, it's every bowler's dream is to go to the World Championship. But I think more it's every uh, bowler's dream to go there and be the world champion. And God, if we can um, if we can do that again
0: next year, um, you know I'll be very fulfilled. Moving on to the UBC, mate. Uh, you're a very important member of the Wellington Hornets, uh, one of two New Zealand-based teams in the UBC. Tell us a little bit about the team and what do you think of your chances in the Ultimate Bowls Week later on in December this year?
1: Oh, the UBC. Look, we can't wait to get in there. I felt like uh, we were only a bowl or two away from making the final, the first event last year. Underperformed in the second and then the third event I turned up Crocker's dog and um, we were probably only a bowl away from making the playoffs there. So we've got uh, Mike Kernaghan coming in for Jamie Hill this year. We've still got Fergo. So look, we're we're really looking forward to it Um, really keen to get into it like we've got fantastic sponsors um, with john and steve brian and then mike carroll um you know we've got fagey comes along as our security guard look we've got an awesome group of, of people that are part of the hornets and um i think the fact that it's going to be a week this this year is going to be something really special and i i know everyone that i've spoken to just can't wait and and, you know, no doubt you are, Case, are, are really looking forward to it. But, um, I, I think, uh, without doubt, now that the World Championships, uh, have, have disappeared, I think that, um, the UBC, the week for the UBC is going to be the absolute highlight of two, 2000. Cheers, Gaza.
0: You're a legend of the bowls world, mate. We love having you in the UBC and we look forward to seeing you in action for the Hornets in December later this year.
1: Oh, absolute pleasure, Case. Uh, cheers for having me, um, it's been awesome and uh, really look forward to the UBC and, and, and playing with the Hornets and catching up with you, mate. So
0: uh, you look after yourself. And now for our segment of 60 Seconds with a Star. Your best memory in bowls. Uh, Will Pierce final
1: 2008, 11-9 up, six down on the head and drew the shot.
0: The best player in the world.
1: Best player in the world, uh, Shannon McAuley.
0: Most annoying teammates? Ha <laughs> ha, Funniest teammate? Well, Russell Meyer, definitely, sticks it. If you could change one rule in our sport, what would it be? Oh, I'd get rid of time limit, I hate it. The player who talks about bowls all the time? Oh, it has to be Ryan Bester. Favourite ever holiday? Uh, Gold Coast, love the Gold Coast. Favourite sports team? The Black Jacks. Favourite sports person? Uh, Tiger Woods. Advice that you've been given that has helped your game. Train the way you want to play. And there we have it, another interview with one of the sports superstars, this time Gary Lawson from New Zealand. I hope you enjoyed the interview, a detailed insight of the career and life of Gary Lawson. We heard some information about what actually went down in the situation that led Gary out of the game for around about 10 years. Uh, there's some information in, in told by Gary that not many people would know. So. Hopefully you found that very interesting and intriguing. Personally, I love the bloke. I, I think he's fantastic for our game. And we need more characters like him. And as I've mentioned, I've played a, a few big matches against him in the past. And it's been tough. He, he makes it hard on, on his opponents and he's a competitor. Even though we're you know really good mates, when we're on the green, he gets himself into a state that he just needs to win at all costs. You know, I guess he's very like the Australian version of Rob Perella. Um, both sensational players, Perella may be the, the greatest ever player of all time, but um, off the green, these two lovable characters, you know, great to be around. But on the, on the green, everything changes and it's game on. It's important to know everyone makes mistakes. And Gary made it clear that if he had his time again, he would do things differently. So he, he does uh, regret how it all happened and, and what happened. So I guess now, you know, the, the important thing is to look forward and And now he's back in the New Zealand Zealand Colours again. Uh, And I feel like he's a very important part of their puzzle of the Black Jacks team going forward. Not only does he add, you know, his bowl's ability and and experience, lots of experience, but he brings a real toughness, a, a bit of steel to their team. So I'm looking forward to seeing how they go in the World Championships in 2021. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you enjoyed our interview with New Zealand's Gary Lawson. Next week, we continue with the international theme and chat to Scotland's Brian Burnett and Kevin Anderson. I look forward to you tuning in to the Ultimate Bowls podcast again next week. Thank you for listening to the Ultimate Bowls podcast. Brought to you by Henselite, Choice of Champions, Ryman Healthcare, pioneering a new way to live for a new retirement generation. Sports Centre, Australian-owned, Australian-made apparels and merchandise for sporting clubs, schools... Corporates and events. If you'd like to be involved in the UBC, it's easier than you think. Click on ultimate bowlschampionship.com.au for more details.